Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. You know, you're trying to figure out the practice squad and, and uh, you know, all those, all those things and making sure you got enough guys in case guys get hurt or, you know, like, like we, we basically ran out of running backs tonight. We we're basically out of, out of receivers tonight. <clears throat> You know, the other, the other part is, you know, I, I think we're going to have to do some conditioning. You know, I, I know it was hot out there tonight, but those guys were sucking. Um, and so we're probably going to have to condition the rest of the rest of this week and maybe some next week. <laughs> well, besides that, the game other, was also really, really like my good. Weekend. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm really oh, happy. Oh, my God. God well, dude. this is Mackie and Judd, Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment, and that's Mike Zimmer, who's fired up for the 2001 regular season um so okay like dumb question before we get to statements here if your team is not conditioned enough for week one how much can you really do about that less than two weeks before week one this is the second time he's also in i think the past two weeks brought this up so he wasn't happy with the conditioning previously and he had threatened to do more drills to get conditioning and then they came back on Friday against the Chiefs and the same thing. So I, I don't know. And like is he is his frustration that the backups for the most part, the depth guys look so bad across the board that he's just pointing to conditioning. It it's very odd. And it's almost an indictment of yourself, right? Like if your team's not well conditioned as a whole, that's a coaching problem. But can't yeah. you didn't they negotiate that you can't do like the conditioning, the same conditioning? and testing that you would have been able to 10 or 15 years ago. Like, I don't think you can just run the guys. All right. I feel like you guys aren't conditioned. Right. So we're going to, we're going to run for an hour. Like, I don't think you can do that anymore. Right. Wouldn't there be a grievance filed by the oh, players association? Yeah. But I mean, but I just like the fact that the last two weeks, he's basically pointed to the same exact thing and been like, well, I mean, we're sucking wind the whole time. So we, so we just ergo suck. It's just, I, I don't know. If you were ju- if you were to just listen to Mike Zimmer's press conferences only, and well, I guess if you were to watch the preseason games too, like you would think this is about to be a disaster. Maybe it is. Maybe we'll I might have a statement about that. But let's get to you know our statements here. Just quick. Okay. Here's the weirdest thing. <laughs> could could, this, could whatever you're about to say could it just be a statement? Can we just get into statements? No, because it's just it's just it's going to be quick. Okay. Mike Zimmer, you, you would think manages the Twins, and Rocco coaches the Vikings based on attitude and mood towards their team 
<laughs> Rocco's team sucks. And he's like, yeah, hey, yeah, things are okay. I guess you mentioned rebuild yesterday. And and Mike, you'd think Mike's team was 0-5 already. Wait, Rocco mentioned rebuild yesterday? Yep. It's in Jim Suhan's <laughs> column. It's in Jim Suhan's column. Oh, it's amazing. Amazing. All right. Now, now let's get to statements, statements here uh-huh. on this Monday on Mackie and Judd. And uh, I think so we... We tend we try not to give away the statements to each other. We like to surprise yeah. each other. But Declan raised his hand and offered to lead off here. Sure. So go ahead. All right. My statement number one is: Do not trade for Zach Ertz. That is not going to fix anything. Now I know Herb Smith was poised to have a very big uh, season. He would looked great in camp. He's had a little yet up and down sophomore year, but finally looked like he's about to break out. Kyle Rudolph now gone, and he's had a great training camp. I don't know how trading for a 31-year-old Zach Ertz and giving up draft capital all of a sudden makes you feel a lot better going about into the 2021 season. Right now, I have no idea what the backup quarterback plan is. The offensive line is one injury or just honestly one defensive line away from being exposed. I'd rather put resources into something else over trading for a position where the Vikings' offense, in my opinion, is already able to cook enough, no pun intended, with Dalvin and with Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. Losing Irv Smith is... is Certainly a loss. I won't diminish that, but I don't know how trading for a 31-year-old tight end and giving up draft capital all of a sudden makes you feel a lot better going into the 2021 season when you've already seen this first-team offense having a little bit of holes and also the defense being exposed a little bit in the preseason. I just don't think trading for a tight end who's on the other side of 30 is going to change the narrative and change the perception on the Vikings for 2021. He might be the wrong guy to trade for, but Dex, where I will disagree with you is if Irv Smith is out for a, a substantial period of time, so like if they go in there and they're like, we got to do the full meniscus repair and he's going to miss the season, this team is dependent on a tight end who can catch. Like, like this team goes from being, because yeah, Thielen, Jefferson, Cook, all good. But as far as, as Clint Kubiak, who I've got a statement about, um, as we go on through this, but as far as Clint Kubiak goes in this offense, it's predicated on a tight end who can do what Smith did on Friday and what Smith has done throughout camp. So I think that you take a, a huge hit to what you want to do if you say, Smith's gone, Conklin's coming back, will be okay. I think you need more than that because the threat of a tight end is very important to the success of this offense's operation. Yeah, I mean, some of this, well, I'll say I disagree with Declan. I would trade for Zach Ertz within reason. Like, I'm not giving up a first-round pick. I think they're going to, I think the reason why he hasn't been traded already is because they're probably asking for a first and a second-round pick. I'm sure teams have been knocking on the door for months ever since this started. I think this, the, the word of this possible trade came out in like February or March or something of last year or of earlier this year. So I would give up like a mid-round pick for him, regardless of whether Irv Smith was... Like, Zach Ertz is better than Irv Smith right now, especially a hobbled Irv Smith. But I think the thing that annoys me the most is how quickly we have just crowned Tyler Conklin. Gronklin! Gronklin. He's just out there running roughshod. All right, so he was a fifth-round pick three or four years ago. He caught 19 passes last year for 194 yards. And he looked pretty good in a couple games. But let's pump the brakes on Tyler Conklin, on Gronklin. Gronklin. If you have a chance to trade like a third-round pick for Zach Ertz, I'm sorry, Tyler Conklin, you are going to move to third on the tight end depth chart, and we'll get back to you later. 
So let's just let's just pump the brakes a little on the Gronklin stuff. And and he is also hurt, and I believe it's a hamstring, which can be a lingering problem. I'm just saying, if you if you if Irv Smith can't play, and you're like, we'll find a guy, it's going to be fine. You take a lot of of potential firepower out of what the Vikings wanted to, to do. I can't tell you guys in practice. The only guy I really felt that Kirk had true chemistry with was Irv Smith. Like they were using for Cousins and Clint Kubiak. I think the fallback of a tight end is absolutely huge. And if that's gone, keep in mind, this team doesn't throw to uh, to uh, to Cook probably as much as they should. So the tight end is sort of the fallback position of, okay, it's all going to hell. Where's my guy? That guy's gone now. But are you saying that he doesn't have chemistry with Justin Jefferson, who caught 1,500 yards worth of passes? Well, first of all, Jefferson basically didn't practice for an extended period of time. What I'm saying is the, the guy that he had the most chemistry with throughout camp was Smith because that position was going to be pivotal. Yeah, and I, I agree. So I'm not that putting it down with with Jefferson. What I'm saying is, it was crystal clear how important Irv Smith and the tight end position was going to be to the operation of this offense, and now that's potentially gone. Mm-hmm. And Zach Davidson's right, about to cook too, so I would uh, put some respect on the name there for Division Two oh football. My just god. <laughs> oh my god, that's a nice that's a nice practice squad guy. Is what that is, my really man. Is. Yeah. When, when are the final fifty three? Is that tomorrow? tomorrow. Tomorrow at three o'clock. Okay. Tomorrow at three Let's o'clock, and then my guess is that that they're gonna they're, they'll pare it down to that, and then we will get major changes by about Thursday. Yeah, waivers and so, potential yeah. trades and stuff. Yeah. Yep. My statement. In addition to tight end, now the Vikings still need to, and I'm not saying that this is an option. They need to make trades for a backup quarterback and linebackers. The lack of the lack of a backup to Cousins, and the lack of backups at a position where Anthony Barr is very questionable to start the season, is a mammoth concern. And I think that if you're smart, you need to get ahead of the game and not just say, "Hey, let's see what's on the wire," and pursue trades at those two spots in particular. So you said linebackers. You're 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 going plural. Are you trading? Are you acquiring multiple linebackers? Um, I'm, I'm, ex- I'm exploring. I'm exploring it. I'm probably. I'm probably going to get one. But what I'm saying is, I'm not going to let the the luck of the draw on the waiver wire be like, oh, we got uh, this slappy and he's okay. I think that you need if Barr can't play. I think that you need a guy that can legitimately play. So so let's make it one linebacker and a backup quarterback that you need to trade for. Okay, on the uh, on the quarterback front, we're gonna we're gonna do a deeper dive into this on Purple Daily today, which you can find on Apple, Spotify, Scornorth.com, and YouTube. But the Eagles gave up a sixth round pick for Gardner Minshew. Why would the Vikings not? But the, unless the Vikings feel great about Jake Browning as a direct backup to Kirk Cousins, now Min, now Minshew is likely to compete for an actual starting job in Philadelphia. But I don't think they consulted with him. I don't think they. I don't think Gardner Minshew has the clout in the league to where Urban Meyer went to him and said, "All right, let's lay out six options for you get to choose." I think they probably just took the best draft pick compensation, right? So I can't imagine Jake Browning's going to make the actual fifty-three, maybe practice squad. 
And then, I mean, if they feel good enough about Kellen Mond for him to be the direct backup quarterback, then okay. But why would you not give up a six-round pick or a fifth-round pick for Gardner Minshew? Two years left of Gardner Minshew. Wouldn't make a lot of sense. But, I mean, that is the type of trade that they have to make. They need they need a backup that can actually play. And right now, they don't have a backup who I, I would feel in any way comfortable putting into a regular season game. I, I just meant they needed a backup with a, a sweet mullet and a mustache. I don't care if he can play. I, I just think this team needs some flow on the sidelines. Football player or 70s porn star? We'll discuss next. Uh, all right, my uh, my first statement presented by Federated. Federated can't protect you against being cut from the 53-man roster, but they can't protect your business from risks and uh, different hurdles that you may encounter along the way. They've been around for over 100 years, based in Owatonna, Minnesota. Uh, they've been supporters of Minnesota sports teams, the Gophers, so check them out at federatedinsurance.com. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. All right, my first statement, the Harrison Smith contract might seem a little hefty for a 32-year-old, but I'm here for it. I like the contract, even if it's a slight overpay. Um, we did a, a deep dive and emergency episode yesterday on the Purple Daily podcast feed, so check that out. But I think in general... Take care of your great players first. Pay your great players. Make sure you're paying for future production, which I, I worry about that a little bit here. It kind of feels like a lifetime achievement contract, but um, he should still have. Ed Reed was really good until he was 34, 35. Charles Woodson was really good until he was almost 40, and Harrison Smith's only 32. So I think he's going to be one of the Vikings' best players for the next couple years at least, and that's when the bulk of the guaranteed money is set to uh, kick in for him. So my my first reaction was, oh, my God, they gave $64 million to a soon-to-be 33-year-old guy? Yeah. Uh, but that's that's one of the rare positions in all of professional sports that you can you can age pretty gracefully, 32, 33, and still play at a high level yep. into your mid-30s. So I like it. They took, care of, they took care of a guy that wants to be here, and they took care of one of their team leaders. So I'm good with it. And I, so to your point, Phil, the key term is, or the key financial figure is $26.4 million because that's guaranteed. No contracts will fool you like National Football League contracts, right? It's a, it's a 10-year, $102 yeah. million dollar contract, and $3 is guaranteed. Uh, so, yeah, this is like, the, these are always tough because at first they're eye-popping, and it's like, oh, my God, do, do you have the space? And then it's like, oh, yeah, I guess that you do. So, yeah, I think it's a I think it's a sign of a few things. One, Smith at 32 is still very very good and productive. And two, I think the Vikings got a long look at their backup safeties and they're like, "Hold on a second here. We got a potential Hall of Fame player who might not be in his prime, but he's still damn good. And we really don't have like there's no like heir apparent, "Hey Harris and teach this guy and he'll take your job." So, this also goes to, and this is probably a deeper discussion, this also goes to the Vikings' philosophy of, of like, they do this a lot. And, and it's probably good to reward players, but this organization has this weird thing. I mean, this, this is why I don't think they get bad, right? Like, there's never when, – when's the last time that you looked at this roster and the decisions that they were making and started to say to yourself, okay, I see the rebuild coming. Like, like, 
they're going to get rid of this guy, and then they're going to get rid of that guy. And in uh, two years, it's a rebuild. When's the last time that you've actually said that about this franchise? No, I mean, they, I think, I think they're very prideful about never rebuilding. I think, in, and they've been, they've been good at remaining relevant and in the hunt for a playoff spot. You know, I think they have to figure out at some point if things don't go the way they want this year, can they just keep spinning it forward and retooling and restructuring, or do they need to hit the reset button for a couple years? I think this season's going to determine a lot. I mean, it's going to determine jobs, going to determine who the quarterback is. Um, it'll determine how competitive you are in 2022. It's it's not like there's some other franchises where this season's the start of a three- or five-year window, and like it'd be nice to compete this year, but you've got Kyler Murray at quarterback for the next 10 years, and so you'll figure it out. Yep. The Vikings don't know who their coach or quarterback are going to be in 2022, and you can tell they're on the Zach Ertz thing, just to go back to that, it's like if Irv Smith's going to be back either way in his prime and healthy in 2022, would you offload a second-round pick for a 31-year-old tight end? Probably not. But if all of your jobs are on the line for this year and you need to do some damage in January, yep. and if Irv Smith's not going to play this season, you might take some eggs out of next year's basket and 2023 basket, put them into this season. And, and I, you know, it wouldn't shock me if they made some sort of big splash trade in the next 10 days. Oh, hell no. I mean, they traded for Ngakwe, like... Yeah. This team does that. Yeah. Bradford, they'll they will the next two weeks are where Rick Spielman likes to gamble a little bit mm-hmm. and take some chances. So All right, back to Declan. Uh another Vikings preseason statement for me. It's well, I'm glad that's over. The Vikings preseason. <laughs> I'm glad that is over. Whether it's overreacting like I've been doing to the preseason performance, whether it's underreacting. Are you um, admitting to overreacting? Yeah, I, I admit to bits of some faults in my life sometimes. Um, but in general, that, that, that preseason was a disaster. The first team offense still did not score a touchdown out there. Kirk Cousins looked, I, I guess, better, better over the last uh, and then the last game against the Chiefs. But in general, um, just another disastrous mostly performance in the preseason and whether it holds merit or not, we'll figure out when the regular season starts here in Cincinnati in a couple of weeks, but I'm just glad preseason football is over. I don't have to overreact anything. Now that the actual season starts in two weeks, there might be another big trade to get me back all in. I don't think that will happen, but I'm just glad preseason football. You're not is all over. in, but you're not I, no, right now. No, I'm not all in. Really? No. What do you mean? You're not all in on what football season? No, I'm not all in on the, on, on the Vikings 2021, like, Oh, being being legit. No, no, it. I'm here for football my... season. I I need football really badly. But Vikings wise, I got my popcorn, baby. Oh, yeah, 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 dude. Yeah. Actually, popcorn's right here. I'll 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 go statement within a statement. One way or another, this season is going to be epic yeah. for the Minnesota Vikings. Like yeah. they're like yeah. th- this is all set up for them. If all right, guys start to get healthy. You know, Jefferson's going to be a star. All the defensive players start to click. Once you put all the ones on the field, finally, this thing starts to click. And boom, they're off to the races. Or it all comes crumbling down. And <laughs> we're talking about drafting quarterback. Like, there are so... The, the range of outcomes for this team is so wide mm-hmm. and fascinating. That's what I am here for. This guy right here, also here for it. Who's got two thumbs and is here for I am, whatever? I am, but I mean, I am, I am in, in, in. This is going to be epic, or like Phil said, awful. Yeah. Uh, my statement is this: off Declan's, and I can't believe at fifty-one I'm saying this. 
This is embarrassing. It's a confessional, but it's true. I have never enjoyed the NFL exhibition season like I did (laughs) this year, and I'll explain why. The amount of young quarterbacks and quarterbacks on the rise who were showcased, and I, I would sit in front of the TV glued to watching, has never been this high. I give you Zach Wilson. I give you Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence. I can go down the line of guys. Uh, uh, Jordan Love playing more than a half for the Packers against Buffalo on Saturday. I have never been as glued to games, and it's not because I'm watching the depth guard for the Packers, but (laughs) seeing how quarterbacks performed and knowing that there actually are some key judgments being made was – as much fun as I have ever had watching meaningless football games. See, I yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm with you to some extent. There was like three or four interesting things happening. I think watching the young quarterbacks was interesting. On the Vikings front, watching Kellen Mond, interesting. Yes. Um, I'm just ready for the. I'm I'm more with Declan on this. I'm just I'm ready for the regular season. Oh, yeah. I agree. But I'm, when I I'm but, what I'm, on. but what I'm saying is the young quarterbacks to me held my interest. And yeah, but they're going to they're going to hold your interest a hundred times more starting in mm-hmm. less than two weeks. Yeah, but I was ahead of the curve here, my man. I was ahead of the curve. I was on my couch with my surly watching these games before I saw them win. I'm saying I enjoyed it. Okay, damn it. I'm bringing a ray of sunshine on a Monday. That's great. That's fine. Show. That's fine. Uh, Justin Fields, by the way, like how are you starting Andy Dalton over him? I know that it's only preseason, Duh, Bears, but it is it is hilarious. Like the Bears are going to trot Andy Dalton out there for two or three weeks, and then like in October, can they really wait till like October? The way that Justin Fields, Andy Dalton was a three and out machine the entire preseason, <laughs> well, preseason, and he's Andy Dalton, which is I you know. know, which is he's probably just a backup at this point, and you've got this young hot shot. Um, who's fun to watch, who looks pretty damn good, and you're like, but he's going to have to wait his turn. It feels like the most old-school, unnecessary thing, but <laughs> whatever. You must wait your turn. What? All, right. Um, all right, next statement from me here. I'm not a play-calling guy. I don't I, – there's so many factors that go into play-calling, it's hard to sit here on your couch and just be like, the Vikings should have done this. Um, but my statement is, the Vikings play-calling – looks like a disaster in certain areas again. And I'm trying to pull this up just for reference. Uh, If I can find it before the end of our segment or show here, I will. But the Vikings under Mike Zimmer, especially the last few years, and by the way, under Mike Zimmer and Gary Kubiak and now Clint Kubiak, they are so conservative on second and short and second and long and first and goal from like the nine or the eight. Those, Those situations... The Vikings love to run the ball. All right, first and goal from the nine. We got three cracks at the end zone. Let's hand it off to Alex Madison for three. (laughs) Complete waste of a play. Like, you might as well just light that play on fire. And then uh, Kirk Cousins gets sacked on a first and ten. Okay, now it's second and 18 or whatever. Draw play. Oh, he just got sacked, so now we need to wave the white flag and let's, let's start preparing to punt now. Let's hand the ball off for five yards. Five yard. It took, it took a holding to get the five yards, and the Chiefs, the Chiefs were so in, enamored by the Vikings' weak offensive approach, they're like, "We'll just decline the penalty." It's now, now it's third and fifteen. You guys have fun, right? <laughs> um, and then second and short, like throw some play actions, go down the field. 
offensive line has to hold up, but it hasn't been as much of a disaster in the preseason. So I'm just saying, like, be more aggressive. Stop running the stop auto handing off on second and long every single time, for God's sakes. I am very concerned about Clint Kubiak. First year, first time, as far as I know, play caller. 34. Yes, Gary is his father, but the the last time I checked, Gary is in Texas somewhere on a ranch enjoying being retired, okay? Kevin Stefanski had Gary. Um, And my question is this. Who does Clint have beyond Zimmer yelling probably and screaming about play calls? I think this has the recipe to be a, a disaster. And I'm not even trying to fault Clint. I'm just saying he's a young guy. I don't know if he's got a quote-unquote mentor on game day for sure. Because, I mean, he can call home, but what, you know, that's Wednesday. Hey, can, hey, you, can you, can you hey, phone Dad. a friend during the middle of an NFL game? Yeah, exactly game? right. Exactly right. So I just, I see a lot of red flags here that, that I'm not sure that this is a, a great idea. And I would have said the same thing about Stefanski, but you slid Kubiak into the press box. And Stefanski was on the sideline, and okay, now we can bounce things off a guy who's been doing this successfully for a really long time. Yeah. So I will flat out say that if I had a if I had a panic meter, Vikings wise, this would be in my top three. This would be in my top three because who's going to calm the storm? Mike, Kirk, like if you have a quarterback who's just calm, cool, and collected, okay. He could probably calm things down a bit. He might be mad, but he can calm things down a bit. Who's going to calm the storm here? If all hell breaks loose, Phil, who? It seems very experimental, right? You've got a head coach that doesn't really dabble in the intricacies and the details of offense, and then you have the son of a great offensive coach for 30 years doing this for the first time. Now, he's been, he has a relationship with Kirk. Obviously, he impressed enough. You're not just going to give the key. People who are just shouting nepotism, it's like, Mike Zimmer is about to get fired if he doesn't have a good season. You're not just going to hire anyone to be your offensive coordinator. So I'm sure he's impressed behind the scenes, and I don't want to reduce his role as the offensive coordinator to just, he's the son of Gary Kubiak. Um, but he's never done this before. And so it just it's a little bit more unsettling than if you were to have a Pat Shermer or someone who has yeah. you know, 15, 20-plus years of play calling and coordinating experience. So. Uh, I don't know. Just another another reason to get your popcorn ready for this Vikings season. All right, Declan. Yeah. Back to you. One uh, last statement. A weekend observation uh, from Friday night. So Friday night, I went to the State Fair. I saw the great Maren Morris perform. One of my favorite artists. She was back in town in Minnesota for the first time in almost two years. She puts on a hell of a show. She killed it again. I loved it. It was awesome. But that's not my statement. My statement is. Minnesota local artists, you need to have a little self-awareness. Now, I like to bring up that topic a lot on our shows. And I won't name the name, but you can probably deduct it, that one of the two local acts that performed before Marin Morris came on, there's actually two, two from Minnesota, one who did a good job, one who did not. Wow, you're, you're about to rip local music here. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rip the local artist, not necessarily the local music per se. Wow, dude. Uh, wow. Number one, if if you're from Minnesota and you've grown up here your whole life, using the term y'all a lot, like you're Toby Keith, is is a non-starter for me. It's just a no for me, dog. <laughs> like like if if you're if you're bragging that you're from the Midwest all the time, 
don't be putting out a y'all southern draw like you you have been living in the south your entire life. Well, maybe they have. Maybe they maybe they were born. Maybe it's like Lindsey Vaughn. They went skiing one mm. time in Minnesota, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then they moved somewhere else. Tom and, Lehman. Tom Lehman. Yeah, I golfed once there. <laughs> You're from there then, right? <laughs> and then the second part of my, I think, three-part thing here is he brags that, do you guys know who I am and I'm from here? And he goes, I'm from Plymouth. You guys ever heard of it? Dude, everyone knows where Plymouth is. It's in the metro. You're not that's like what from Eveleth. That's what like an alien would say if they were dropped down, you know, trying to, I'm trying to build rapport with Minnesotans. It, Have you heard of Maple Grove? Oh, my God. And and, and then Adina. No one had heard of this guy's music. Like, honestly, I was sitting next to other people and I was like, do you guys know who this is? And they're like, we've never heard of this guy. And I just I have a tough time when someone is like feeling himself and thinking he's all that and acting like the main act when no one knows who he is. And he's even saying, oh, you guys know this one, like to the crowd as he's singing his own music and no one is singing along. No one is singing along. I think it's tough if you're, if you're trying to if you're from Minnesota, quote unquote, and you're trying to connect with Minnesotans, asking the audience if they've ever heard of Plymouth seems like I a bit of a disconnect. I feel bad for this guy right now. I don't. Like, I don't. I feel like he was trying hard, and he was trying. He was trying, to build was, a career. He was trying yeah. too hard. Yeah. He was trying too hard. Dude's just trying to and, build a and career. And it was it was painful to watch. And there's other things. I don't want to rip them too much, but I, I've already ripped off well, that I band-aid. Think that ship has sailed. So it's just, <laughs> it, it was it was painful Jeez. to get through. It was painful to get through. Just Minnesota, have a little more self-awareness about Minnesota and also who you are. Okay? I, I get when you're feeling yourself. I have an audience in front of me right here. I can get a little cocky sometimes. But, dude, check yourself. Just check yourself in the mirror a little bit. Oh, and, and this guy did not. Opening act. You're an opening act. You just savaged a guy Dude, who was an opening act. You have more aggressive takes about Chad Beebe and an irrelevant opening act at the State yeah. Fair than anything else. Mm-hmm. I feel like you might need some sports therapy. I need a. Yeah, I need I think, think. I think maybe just normal therapy. But yes, sports therapy, therapy. Could, <laughs> could also help too. Uh, Judd, your final statement. My final statement. Now that Harrison Smith's contract is done. Get Brian O'Neill signed your right tackle ASAP. He's in the last year of his rookie contract. Uh, right tackles have been getting paid in recent months, so the parameters for the deal that he's going to get are out there. This guy deserves a contract. You do not want this guy to hit the open market because if he does, he will get paid, uh, and it might not be here. So that's the next contract that if I'm the Vikings and I had uh, two goals, before the season contractually, it would have been actually my goals would have been to lock up Brian O'Neill first and Harrison Smith second, but yeah. you need to get this done. Um, I don't have a final statement. I just have a follow up. I found, I found the conservative play calling number that I was looking for here. Okay, so the only team more conservative on second and eight or long. So second and eight, nine, ten, fifteen, twenty, second and long. The only team that runs the ball at a higher rate is the Denver Broncos. Uh, And they're actually far more conservative. But the Vikings are the, in terms of conservative play calling on second and long, oh, that first play didn't go the way that we wanted. Better tuck ourselves into the fetal position and wave the white flag and punt, right? The Vikings. Uh, Tampa Bay, Kansas City are up top in terms of most aggressive teams on second and long. Yep. Just so you know. And the Broncos and Vikings, the one the one thing in common, at least in 2020, both coached by defensive coordinators. Yep. Just got to 
Field position. Hold the rock. Field Hold the rock. Hold that ball. Because, you know, the clock will run, and then we'll get our defense more <laughs> more of, of a break, a blow. Um, hey, PXG Minneapolis, I don't know. I, the the, the um, FedEx playoff tournament yesterday was a blast. Insane. It was just classic Bryson being Bryson and then yelling at fans after the round and stuff. <laughs> he gave his hat away. Dude. To, his, to a kid. He gave his hat to a kid. Yeah, and then did you see what happened after that? Then he got no. chirped. Someone, he someone yelled like "Nice job, Brooksy!" at him, and he literally like turned around and almost. <laughs> yeah, there's a great write up on ESPN.com about this. So I don't think that part was caught on TV. Oh, I, I don't God, know. I just dude. I just read it from ESPN.com. So I don't know. I think maybe Bryson needs some PXG in his life. <laughs> I know that he's not a, an official PXG sponsored golfer, but uh, it's a golfer's paradise. It'll just it'll it'll chill you out. You can go check out some of the best clubs on the market. And uh, if you just want to look sharp, they've got some great apparel, hats, shirts, pullovers, whatever you want for the f- upcoming fall golf season. PXG Minneapolis in Southdale Center and find out more at pxg.com slash Minneapolis. Um, so those are your Mackie and Judd statements here on this Monday. Very Vikings heavy. And uh, we don't we don't do a ton of twins discussion these days because <laughs> there's just not a whole lot to discuss, quite frankly. Um. It's just been such a buzzkill season. And, Judd, you said that Rocco Baldelli used the word rebuild at one point. It's in Jim Suhan's column in the Star Tribune this morning. of what everyone used, wants to hear. He used the word and basically said, and he, and he said, I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable. If that's what, you know, if that's what we're going to do, I'm comfortable with it. But he's not, but like, he's not just floating that. That's clearly been talked about within well, the front office, right? Yeah. Well, otherwise, and they, he wouldn't be saying And it. when you have essentially no defined pitching upper echelon pitching for 2022 you're probably going to be in what they like to call a rebuild yeah so all right well for the younger audience i'm gonna i'm gonna over explain this because frank viola is 61 years old and i think there's probably a lot of people that watch us on youtube or have discovered us through podcasts that might not have like i i was born in 1985 i barely remember frank viola's career like i remember him on other teams in the 90s but not as much as a twin. So he is one of the more legendary pitchers in Twins history. I mean, he's on the Mount Rushmore of twin starting pitchers. I think it's fair to say that. Yep, he was great. He was the ace of the 1987 World Series winning team. He won the Cy Young Award in the American League in 1988. So that little two, three-year run by Frank Viola was one of the great runs in Twins history. He's 61 years old now. He is a pitching coach for an independent league team, so he's still kind of in the game. And he's on Twitter, and he has takes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And he savaged the Twins organization over the weekend. I think this might have been like Friday or Saturday for losing touch with the human side of the game. I'm going to read you this tweet, and then I want you guys to tell me what you think. Mm -hmm. The Twins have forgotten what baseball is all about. Fundamentals, the belief in each other, the love of the daily grind. You don't have baseball people leading this attitude and approach. You have a losing organization. Wrong leadership equals no chance to succeed. I'm assuming he's talking about Derek Falvey and Thaddeus Levine. Yep. Your thoughts on Frank Viola savaging the Twins front office? A couple things. One, when did the the spirit of Jack Morris inhabit... Uh, <laughs> Frankie V. It's always brain. kind of That's it's always kind there. of been there with yeah. Frankie V. It's yeah. always kind but of. But this been really there. showed it, and I believe this was a late night or early 
morning tweet. So there was probably some oh, really some drinks involved uh, in this one, which is fine. My thoughts are yeah. this. Do you well, want the official timestamp? Yeah, yep. Yep. Let's hear. It. Yeah. Twelve. Twelve fifteen a.m. Was it? Twelve fifteen. Are you? Are you? Are you guessing? No, I'm looking at it. Okay. Yeah. Twelve fifteen a.m. <laughs> oh, he was tipping a few back. Yeah. And I think he's on the East Coast, surlies. so it's probably more like one fifteen a.m. If he's yeah. on the East Coast, or maybe six. Little axe man got a little bit liquored up and thought, "I don't like these twins." But here's where I'm going to defend the twins just a little bit here. Um, it's easy to dump on them, and they deserve it for this season, you guys. But the reality is, they did win back to back division titles now the playoff thing is embarrassing there is no i'm not trying to skirt that that is an embarrassment yeah uh but i feel like the tweet was like they try you know they hired falvey in 2016 correct um and it's been a failure and he's not a baseball guy he's an analytics guy that's how the tweet felt and that's fine if this team hadn't had success but they have so so i could easily see analyzing or dumping on them for the failure in 2021, but like his tweet comes across like these guys have done nothing. And that in their defense is simply not true. Well, it's that's, that's why it's so hard to figure out here because these guys took over a 100 loss team and pretty much overnight helped at least hire the right people and, and help they helped by hiring and putting new scouting and, uh, it, like advanced scouting reports changed drastically once these guys took over. I can tell you, like I covered those twins teams before Falvey and Levine, and I, like I have had in my hand what the advanced scouting reports looked like from like 2011, 12, 13. Like I, once a pitcher in that clubhouse once walked up to me and said, "You're an analytics guy. I know you are. Look at these scouting reports we get." And it was like the last this pitcher's last ten plate appearances. Uh, batting average again. So it was like the most primitive, basic things. And so they started implementing new analytically based and and um, process-based scouting reports. And I think a lot of that stuff early on helped transform this team into more of a winner. I think it helped maximize what we saw in 2019 with the Bomba squad, the greatest home run hitting team in baseball history. But they've whiffed so badly on so many things since 2019. They've whiffed on almost every free agent pitching signing. They whiffed on all of them this year. Uh, in fact, they've whiffed on most free agents. I think Nelson Cruz was a hit. I think Josh Donaldson's kind of kind of a push for the money. He hasn't been a disaster. The fact that he wasn't available for the playoffs last year was a problem. Um, so, like, how did they help push this thing as high as they did for two years? And then why has it come crumbling down to where the manager is using a word like rebuilding in the Star Tribune two years after this young, vibrant nucleus was setting the Major League Baseball home run record? It is hard to wrap your arms around the last two or three years, for sure. Mm -hmm. So when I look at Viola's comments, I think I think like half of it is old baseball guy doesn't understand new front offices and is just yelling at clouds. But then I think the other half of me says there's some validity to this. Like some of the things he's saying are things that we have also complained about that they're only relying on analytics in certain situations and not taking into account Jose Barrios or Cody Stashak in a key moment against a really good lineup. Right. Um, 
it does feel like they just burn and churn pitchers. They're they're all just chess pieces that you can just like DFA or sign new ones or whatever. Or we can look at a guy's pitch repertoire and we can tweak those pitches because he's a robot. They do tend to take a more robotic approach. Rocco takes a robotic approach as a manager in a lot of ways. Um, do I think they have the wrong leadership? I don't know that I'm ready to well, say that, but it's been very unimpressive the last 18 months or so. Absolutely, but where I would come back at Frankie V and say, really, is this one? Terry Ryan, through and through, a baseball guy. Like, I mean, he was a baseball guy. Dragged this franchise down himself. So I think Viola's complaint, while while some of it has validity is also just too broad of I don't like this about baseball so and now that team's bad and I used to play for that team so I'm going to complain about that there's also a touch of to me there's a touch of why don't why haven't they asked for my opinion about some of this stuff I'm still coaching in baseball I would love to you know Bert Bert had, had that too you know I'm a hall of famer why aren't you asking me? Well, because you're going to tell them like their stats and stuff like that, and then you're going to circle them, and it's not going to be exciting <laughs> or helpful, Bert. But um, <laughs> Bert, stop circling people. Yeah. This is a this is a yeah. pitching development meeting. Bert, okay, well, you are hereby circled. Oh, no, Bert. Okay. <laughs> okay, let's talk pitching prospects. What can you tell us about your thoughts about this guy? Well, he was three and two last year with a six point seven ERA <laughs> in the while fifth round. Course. Or Saris, yeah, he's six foot three, throws hard, two hundred and seventeen pounds from Missoula, Montana. What else do you need to know? That didn't help us, Bert. Thank you, Bert. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So I, I think that this is, this is largely the. It's easy to pick on on them now because there is a discussion to be had here that I would love to hear and I would love to fi- find out. What's happened here? Like, what's going on? How do you employ? I mean, we know for a fact, Valvi has hired how many people and installed how many systems that are probably costing millions of dollars, right? So I would love to know what's happened here. Like, that's a great question. But I think just to say they don't get people and they don't, and, and Phil, it's also not true. Um, I, I go back to the conversation when we sat down with Derek three or four years back now in the winter. Mm-hmm. He is a very thoughtful, like he is not, one, he's clearly not dumb, but two, he sort of gets people. I agree with that. Like we had a conversation that it was not like talking to, let's see, I don't want to pick on people and name names, but I'll throw one out, Rick Spielman. Like Rick Spielman is very robotic about everything. He won't tell you what time of day it is. He's afraid that you're going to steal his ideas for breakfast. But Falvey's a guy who will actually have a conversation so I would love to know how we got here, but I think just saying he doesn't get it and it's, uh, you know, this new school stuff sucks. It's a little bit too much for me. Yeah. What about you, Dex? I, I think also when he's talking about leadership, wrong leadership equals no chance to succeed. I, I do wonder if he's taking a subtle shot just at the players in that clubhouse, i.e. Josh Donaldson, people not also rise, younger players not rising up to the occasion. Miguel Sano needing to be basically mentored by Nelson Cruz the entire time. Like, yes, there there are some times where young guys need a little little kick in the rear end or need some guidance for that matter. But you also need other young players eventually step up and and be leaders. So 
Mm-hmm. I, 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 I totally get that it probably is more of a direct shot at Falvey and Levine and this current brass with Baldelli, but I, I do also wonder if he's also talking about the players on this team because there is just a weird, like, I like Josh Donaldson. I, I, I do like him. He, he is a hard-ass player, and I think the Twins need uh, a player like his demeanor that they've lacked for years and years, but you also need, again, some a little awareness sometimes of the situations, and I wonder, too, if Frankie V is more talking about the players than he is necessarily the management and, and ownership. The Sano thing is, I, so I think he's, I think he's talking about management. But you're, but I agree with your point about, okay, at some point, who are the players stepping up and drawing a line in the sand and saying, like, okay, well, we're not gonna, we're not gonna let a bad April derail everything, right? We're not yep. gonna let a couple bad weeks, and that's like, it's like they had a couple bad weeks with some COVID, and no one stepped up aside from Nelson Cruz to lead this team. Let's look at some of the players that are in their prime and the in a core part of this club i think buxton tends to be a leader by example but he's never on the field you know the guys played 28 games all season or whatever it is and he makes a huge difference when he's on the field but it's hard to lead when you're sitting in the cold tub or on the injured list for five months out of every season max kepler is not a leader he's mostly quiet he's a, he's underperforming he's largely a bust. Yeah. He is a bust as a player um jorge polanco i think is a, again a leader by example i don't think he's a vocal guy right you know he's a, he's more of and he's having a really good season, but he's not like clubhouse culture guy as much. Miguel Sano, Declan nailed it. Miguel Sano is a 28 year old who like still needs mentors. You know, not that you can't have mentors in your 20s, like, but like as a baseball player, he's been a professional baseball player for 12 years, and it's like a big deal that Nelson Cruz, his mentor, is leaving, and then he decides to flip the switch and start hitting again the minute Nelson Cruz goes away. Um, and I, people are all excited about, look at Miguel Sano the last month. Well, where was that in April and May when the team needed you to be the leader in that lineup yeah, while things strikes, were falling down? Still you know? strikes out a ton, too. So I don't, I don't know that they have. They certainly don't have. By the way, I saw, I think it might have been Frank Viola's wife was also chiming in on this Twitter thread. Um, I don't know if I can find it in time. But there were other Violas that were chiming oh, in on this Twitter thread. How many violas are? Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of violas. Mash fast, yeah. Um, but but one of the one of the women in the thread, last name Viola, was referencing like the heartbeat of the World Series winning teams, and like there's not a Kirby Puckett type force in that clubhouse. Well, yeah, I mean Kirby Puckett's one of the great players of a generation, but she's right. I mean they don't they don't have a hop on my back. Everybody, this is my team, and I am going to help set the culture here. Like, I don't like who is that on they, this team? It wasn't Barrios. He was quiet. They traded Cruz. It's not and, Donaldson, really. And Cruz was that guy. But, I mean, he's gone now because they stunk. Um, the, the but but he, he was always a mercenary, too. Like, even if he was that guy, he was yeah, 40, loved, and, and he was on one-year contracts. But, I mean, in, in 2019, there was no question that was his his clubhouse and that was his team and guys loved him and respected him i mean that was what they're talking about but they traded him and they should have because they stunk the one thing that i will say about this entire thing and and where i don't think it's plausible to be like well just go into a rebuild and we'll see in five years or four years is this one and here's where i'll defend the players currently a bit now it's their fault that the team stunk as well so i'm not giving them a free pass but go back gentlemen and look at the starters and they won two of these games the twins trotted out this weekend um 
They trotted Griffin Jacks. out. Griffin Jacks. Like Griffin Jacks yesterday. Barnes. I was there, which was terrible. Charlie Barnes, who they immediately dispatched. And on Friday night, Andrew Albers, in his third stint since, I believe, 2013, he was with pretty this good. team. He was pretty good. Yeah, seven years ago. He pitched, he pitched pretty well. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did and pitch. he pitched pretty well this weekend. This and you know what? Weekend, yeah. it, it was a great story for which Terry Ryan deserved to get ripped at the time <laughs> and in the current regime deserves to be ripped as well. My point being is um, if we don't see some pitching here soon, that's a whole new alarm. And we, we've talked about this. But, I mean, these guys were hired for their pitching expertise and when you're throwing out the the and all due respect to them and their families and their spouses, when you're throwing out the seemingly baseball garbage that's being thrown out here, yeah, um, and you're supposed to be pitching guys. I'm a pitching person, damn it! You know when you're. Why can't you people to, see that? Why can't you people see I'm a pitching person? <laughs> <laughs> I've got a new game. Um, but yeah, this is where I have a big problem here. Because you were hired with this specific, oh, just wait till the floodgates of pitching open, and Andrew Albers is in the equation? The other thing, too, is, like, you know, so you mentioned the pitching, and Barrios is now gone, in large part, because this team was so bad in April and May, they just felt like, all right, if he's not going to resign, we'll just do it now. But some of the guys that are coming up, Bailey Ober, Griffin Jacks, um, Charlie Barnes, like these dudes are 25, 26 years old. Okay. Yeah. They've been in the minors for a handful of years. They've been able to develop to some extent. I think Ober, Ober to me shows the most potential to be like a number four starter in your rotation next year. Great. But all these guys are coming up. They're not 21. So it's not like they're being called up and they're over their heads because they just, they do, they were rushed through the system. They're, they're in their mid 20s. And they're getting shellacked. Like Griffin Jacks had one really good start with ten strikeouts or something, but for the most part, these guys have seven ERAs and they're just getting smoked in the bigs. And well, but just just be a little bit more patient. Just okay. Joe Ryan's going to come up and the Rays developed him, but like Joe Ryan's coming up and Joe Ryan might be really good. He was developed by the Rays, and so good on you for identifying Joe Ryan and getting him over here. Of course, it happened because your team underachieved so badly that you had to trade your ace for Joe Ryan, right? So I think... No, it's Cruz. I, uh, Cruz for Joe Ryan. Yeah, but still... Um, ace in the hole. Yeah. A better word. He, he was a guy you liked. Yeah, yeah. So I think, like, when I'm, when I'm looking at, oh, but just, okay, but there's going to be another wave here coming. No, no, no. Like, the wave arrived in 2018, 19. Yeah. That was the wave. Like, that was supposed to be, like, a five-year window. And the part of the reason why you weren't more aggressive at the trade deadline in 2019 is because you didn't want to... You didn't want to, you know, cut off a year or two of your future. You don't want to trade a top prospect or two that could help you add on to this window. And if Rocco's use of the word rebuild is correct, it makes not being more aggressive at the 2019 trade deadline or sometime in the offseason to get more pitchers in here even more egregious. Yes. So that's where I'm at. Like I just like I I'm always excited for Twins prospects, but this is the least I can't go there mentally now. Like, are you guys serious? We're this is we're entering another rebuild, new era of Twins baseball. Ugh, that would be um, well, it would be grounds for a lot of people to not renew their season tickets, which I think is going to be something they face pretty aggressively this summer and this the, winter. And the hubris at the deadline in nineteen, though. The window is just beginning to open. You don't understand the window when it's opened. You know, when, when we throw it open, you don't understand what's going to, you know, 2021 is going to be phenomenal. Think about that. 
Like you have a team that, yes, the ball is juiced, but you still hit 307 home runs, a record. Yeah, you, the ball was juiced for everybody. You hit yeah. more home runs than everybody. Exactly. Yeah. And you had a team that clearly had certain needs. Like it wasn't it wasn't hard to figure out, like, what does this team need? Um, and you didn't come close to addressing them. And then you got in one trade Sam Dyson back, who not only was a turned out to be a terrible dude, but was injured, damaged goods. Um, that's embarrassing. That's just yeah. embarrassing. So Frank Frank Viola's, I get his venom, and I don't disagree. I think it's a little bit misguided. Uh, but I also think that if this team is go- going to be like, well, you know, I mean, you just wait, sit back now and wait. That's not how this was supposed to go. Yeah. And then one more thought on this. And then, you know, the Vikings always reign supreme in terms of the attention of fans. And like the if, if, if you have a limited budget for where you're going to spend your money as a fan, the Vikings are always number one. Sure. But the Wild with Kaprizov, assuming they get a deal done, the Timberwolves have some exciting things brewing. The Lynx are always winning. Minnesota United, it's like <sighs> Target Field's not new anymore. Mm-hmm. If if the Twins enter a rebuild, as as Rocco used that word in the Star Tribune, they run the risk like they're already losing a ton of relevance, and baseball is losing relevance relative to the rest of the leagues and young audiences. I just uh, I shudder to think what it would look like at Target Field the next three years if they enter an actual rebuild. Oh, that would it's be, going to be empty. That again. would be a disaster. Unless the Brewers are there, in which case <laughs> the, the ballpark will be filled with Wisconsin sports fans yeah. who chant, let's go Brewers incessantly while Twins fans try and boo and then just give up. There's yeah, tw- how, many, yeah. how, how many pairs of cargo shorts and uh, jerseys, Ryan Braun jerseys, did you see walking around Target Field this week? Uh, you know, I saw some Yelich's. Uh, I saw some throwback stuff. I don't think. Corey Hart. I didn't see Braun. Corey I didn't Hart. see Braun stuff. I think they're like, yeah, Corey Hart. I miss Corey Hart. Me too. Great. Corey Hart was great. Player. Hey, uh, qu- anyway. Quickly, do you want to hear uh, Mrs. Viola's tweet that, that Frank Viola retweeted? Is this Frank's wife? Yeah, it is. Confirmed. Okay. Uh, this is her tweet, replying to her uh, husband's tweet. Leadership begets leadership. What is the organizational mantra? The twins of the 80s and 90s were built upon fundamentals, team chemistry, Players arrived early and left late because they loved being there. Analytics won't replace hard work and a big heart. Ask Kirby Puckett. So I do think it's married between the players and the leadership that the Viola family clearly is uh, ensuing here. I mean, is she aware of the fact that the twins of the early 80s were absolutely awful and the twins for the majority starting in 19... 93 of the 90s were also terrible. I think she's referring specifically to like I know, but then let's the lead not, up to 87 then, and then yeah. 92, 93. But then let's not off. say the don't, don't make it sound like there was a 20 year run of greatness and metropolitan. Listen, the 1997 the twins also stayed long. Okay. They loved hanging out with each other. You know why? Because they were getting right. drunk because there was more <laughs> beer in the clubhouse then. I believe beer in the clubhouse is. More frowned upon now than it used to be. Yeah. Why do you think play, why, why do you think players weren't coming home until eight hours after the game because they were getting free beer? Yeah. No. That <laughs> Phil, you don't understand. They were working on their fundamentals. <laughs> bunting. <laughs> more bunting. That's what we need. Ah. We just need more more bunting. Get them over, Tommy. Get them over. That's great at bat. <laughs> All right. That's uh. That's it for us here on this mm. Monday episode of Mackie and Judd. Uh, be sure to check out Roycey Unchained. With Judd, live from the State Fair.
today. Mm-hmm. You guys are going to – fingers crossed. I think there's a lot of things technologically and yeah, logistically it's that can a, prevent that it's from It's a happening. podcast. You know, I know. Uh, it's are we doing it? Yeah. <laughs> Declan, are we good to go? I know Pat I'm gonna loves get, I'm going to leave. So. I'm going to leave if this isn't going to work. I need my gizmo. Where is it? Dude, a gizmo would be worth walking up that hill for sure. It would. All right. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Mackie and Judd, thanks for hanging out with us. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Stay cool this summer with AC Pro and O'Reilly Auto Parts. Right now, get a $15 O'Reilly Auto Parts gift card after mail-in rebate with the purchase of select AC Pro ready-to-use refrigerant products that include a hose and gauge. Beat the heat before you hit the road with AC Pro at your local O'Reilly Auto Parts store. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts.